Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to listen to is an experiment in sound, 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 sound. Uh, state your name, state your, uh, state your artist name, and, and describe to the best of your ability where we are <laughs> in the setting in which we're doing this interview. My real name, then my artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm Tyler Minford. My artist name is Louis Futon, and we are in a conference room of Hotel Rouge in D.C. Yeah, there's a lot of red going on here. Yeah, there is. When you were preparing for a swim meet, what would you listen to? Oh, man. Back in the day, I was I was actually into, like, I was into a lot of, like, metal. Me- then, really? Yeah. Well, like, to, to pump myself up for, like, a swim meet. You know? Okay, okay. I, it was, like, back then, I didn't really listen to electronic music at all. It was mostly... Um, you know, my pump-up songs were just, like, hard, like, breakdowns and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I also I also liked a lot of different things, like jazz at that time. Um, yeah, a lot of different styles, but for swimming, it's just, like, hard stuff. So, swim, so metal is what put you in the movie, yeah. swimming. That's, yeah. that's impressive. I mean, like, so so when you wanted to unwind, would you, would you walk off? Would you, would you, when you would uh, get out of the water, would you return to metal? Or, would, <laughs> would, or, like, what was it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you get off, <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to have that feeling like you just, like, dominated, you know? So, you, you, walk, you walk out of that out of the meat, you know, with metal playing, you know, feeling all pumped up, but no, to unwind, though, um, I used to actually, like, be really into, um, like, uh, indie bands, like, Animal Collective. Okay. Uh, From DC. Are they? Yeah, at least one of them is, yeah. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. they, they always play, like, uh, well, they have their one album named after Mary Wiley Post Pavilion. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I used to really like that stuff. Uh, maps and atlases. Uh, this will destroy you. Like a bunch of like really unknown like post rock and indie indie bands stuff okay. like that. What uh, did you play an instrument? Yeah, I I played. I started off with. Um, actually, I started off with. If we want to go way back, I played. Let's go. Uh, the clarinet in fourth grade. Okay, who's who's uh, who's the teacher? Oh, man, I don't know about I don't know about middle school. But uh, oh, Mr. Wenderman, yeah, was was he was he a character? Yeah, he was like really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> he I, like even even like back then I knew he was creepy. Like, I could catch on to his his little like you know I don't know <laughs> With the little kids man it was weird. But <clears throat> yeah, I only I only played clarinet because this one girl in my class played clarinet and I was like oh man if I play the clarinet she's gonna like me. And and then um, I stuck that out for like a year, and then you know like I, I saw some people playing drums, and yeah, I, I like wanted to play them so bad, and I begged my mom, and finally she was like, "All right, you can play the drums." I guess she didn't want me like you know playing the drums in the house. You know? Yeah, yeah, it pissed her off. But uh, but then yeah, I, I I got really good at the drums, uh, played them up to well, I, I still play them, but. And then I learned. I also learned like guitar and bass and stuff like that. Uh, no horn instruments, though. No, no horn uh, instruments. And piano. Piano. Okay. Did you did you take lessons for piano? Or yeah, just... yeah. I took lessons at like the age of ten. Age of ten. How long did you take lessons for? For like three years. Three years. And and, and then I just kind of I knew enough. Like I'm not really good at music theory at all, but I just have a really good ear, mm-hmm. so I can just like pick up. You know, if I listen to something, I'll be able to like play it. What was um? So what was some some of the early songs that you liked playing the guitar? 
some early like when you're like when you're like I'm so happy I learned oh, this. Oh, Van Halen. Van Halen. Yeah. Okay. How you learned? Be really into Van Halen. But really, what, what, what's uh, what songs in particular? I, Eruption, the solo. Okay. Yeah. Could you play the solo? I used to do. I used to be able to do like most parts, but not like the really hard parts. Okay. Yeah. That's not impressive. So were you uh, were you in any sort of band when you were in high school? Yeah, I was in. I was in a couple. It was mainly just uh, me and my group of friends. We would just like start different like side projects and stuff like that. Um, one of them was called Pursuit, and we played like uh, like really ambient. Um, I don't know if you know what post rock is, but uh, it's it's, yeah, it's just like really ambient like shoegaze music. Um, All right, so uh, think back to your lunch table in high school. Who sat there, and uh, where are they now? Uh, man, P, uh, PJ Carroll. Actually, we, I used to be a Louis Futon used to be a duo. It was me and uh, my best friend Logan Zogby, mm-hmm. and me, Logan, and PJ. Uh, we had a band called the Girl Scouts. No, it wasn't the <laughs> that, Girl that, Scouts. That, it was just Girl Scouts. That, that band name is excellent. It, it, it we were good too. Great. It was great branding, and you know what's the funniest part about that is that like on our Facebook wall we would always get like you know people who actually thought we were Girl Scouts and I was like how do you think a page with like 2,000 likes is a Girl Scout <laughs> like some ridiculous shit and um, and so yeah me me PJ and Logan went we we stuck with Girl Scouts until um, my junior year of college junior year of college where were, where were you at junior year of college I had transferred from Shippensburg. I did two years at Shippensburg, uh-huh. um, and then I transferred to Temple University. It's kind of where I put my head to the grindstone, and um, and me and Logan would just like stay up. We wouldn't sleep, and and we would just like you know after classes we would just go straight to the studio. Well, which was my bedroom, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> nonetheless, yeah, we we would just work all night, and then you know sometimes we would just like watch the sunrise smoke a joint and go to class okay but no i mean we put in work and so it was kind of difficult um balancing that and in school and the first semester like i did i did really well i think i got like a three six or something what were you studying gpa uh uh i was a marketing and finance double major okay and the second semester i just like i just kind of bombed yeah i didn't bomb it but i mean I just, you know, I'm, I always got good grades, but the focus became more on the music, mm-hmm. and then that's when, uh, after junior year, like it was a tough decision to make. But I just like dropped out because I had a bunch of show offers, and and it was either like trying to focus on the career that I want, or, you know, working in a uh, in a cubicle for the rest of my life. Were you were you DJing parties? Not really. No, I I didn't even. Well, at Shippensburg, I kind of DJed some parties, but uh, when I got to Temple and started taking music seriously, like, um, we, I mean, I didn't even go out. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, I, I think I, me and Logan counted one time, uh, we went to a total of five parties the whole entire year. That's impressive. Five. That's impressive. Now that is discipline. Yeah, that is. That is. That is. So, I mean, all right, so you, you left, I mean... 
you left school that is a tough decision i imagine yeah walk, walk i mean walk, walk me walk me through that decision you know what i'm um, saying like it, it i mean it took a lot of time i mean i had some time because there's a gap between you know like you get off school in may and then you go back in, in uh, september but still you know my parents were like yeah that's who i had to get on board yeah it. yeah my mom was kind of on board but my dad you know he he's uh, he doesn't really see things the way that my mom does and um he's just kind of only concerned about the money yeah which is you know understandable but uh at the same time he didn't really see uh a, a future in it until like some checks started coming in mm-hmm. and the, the once he saw that he was just like go for it how sad satif- how satisfying was that for you that was very satisfying yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can i can completely imagine so what was what was the i mean what was the, like the light where you were just like i think i'm not sure but i think i can make a living off this uh, well the first check came in when okay. the first check came in okay all right actually you know what it was it was um it was the G Easy check, so I did I did a remix for G Easy and and I got paid. Nice. Um, it was seen, it, you know, it was like the first major label to like pay me. So you know, I came. It was like my first contract, like okay. first you know official like you know here's two thousand dollars like yeah. So yeah, it was it, that was pretty gratifying, and uh, that's when I realized really like that this could be something big. How did how did that collaboration come about? What's that? How did that How did that uh, scenario come about? Doing mixes for G-Eazy. Um, I don't know. My manager just hit me up one day and said, do you like G-Eazy? I was like, no, nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect if you want to like do remixes. What it is, what it could be. My imagination runs fast. Only if you're coming with me. 4 a.m. stand up past. However long these drugs last. Yeah, yeah no, and 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 so he sent so he sent the song and and uh, I was like I kind of like this and and after I did that remix I actually became like a really big Jeezy fan okay because like I just got so, I listened to it so much I was like this is pretty dope all right let's talk about approach to remixes so all right so um, Scream told me that uh, he only remixes tracks that he doesn't that he thinks he can improve he doesn't think they're that good that. That's a very good point because I—I I mean, that's I did a remix for Wiz Khalifa, We Have Boys. Yeah, yeah, I love and it. And I like at first when when they sent the stems, I was like, oh, you, I, "There's no way I'm doing this. Like, this is so shitty." <laughs> <laughs> because if you think about it, he just screams "We Them Boys" like 20 times in auto tune, and I was like, "Can he send like a non auto tune version or something?" Like, I just don't like the auto tune, and. Um, and I ended up just like I, I I think I made it a better try. If it's like a swallow, sign a marijuana that follow. Going money on her like she won the lotto. Pussy must be serious. make it a better track um and that's that's kind of what i that was my mentality for uh 
that's my that's kind of my mentality for for every remix too actually mm-hmm. because i i have like serious doubts about myself if i don't make it better than the original in my mind at least um yeah who so who's the all right who's the first person that you are who do you consult when you want like when you want to when you want to get feedback uh i have a couple i have a i have a little um facebook click okay of like you know producer friends okay okay um one of them is uh zach crane you know crane the yeah producer. yeah yeah we i probably talk to him the most we go back and forth like every day um uh, who else talk to uh casbo okay um we pretty much send each other every track uh and I guess my manager is too, but I, I'm really like not even. It's funny because I'm not even like really concerned about what they think of the song because they're thinking of it as like they're think they're looking at the song in a different view. They're they're looking at it like you know how can we, how can we market this like is yeah. it gonna be big? Like, they look at they're standing in the crowd looking exactly, at it. exactly exactly yeah. and, and and to get like you know feedback and stuff like that. I just like talk to other producers and musicians so all right so who would um i call this like a creative crush you ever saying like if you who's like an artist out where you're like you're like you don't necessarily want to make exactly what they're making but you're like oh you am saying this what they're making is close to my oh, heart man it's always been it's always been carmack okay um like actually when he when i listened to like his his stuff um I, it was like sophomore year of college like that I got so inspired and that's what that's kind of what inspired me to uh, you know when I heard his stuff I was just like man this is what I want to make this is like I never heard this before and so um, so, I mean sometimes I get accused for like sounding like Carmack too much but which isn't the worst thing (laughs) yeah I mean like honestly it's like my favorite music to make and listen to i mean like i'm i'm very satisfied with my work and uh he i mean nowadays he doesn't really come out with that much that much stuff anymore so right now um i don't really know okay all right so you're so you're um all right so your sounds so your sounds presently like i know it's hard to kind of figure out like what somebody's trying to project with their music. You know what I'm saying? What type of like, like kind of like putting a flashlight on your soul or something like that. Like, what are you, what, what are you trying to send out? Um, I'm just trying to send out like happiness, I guess. Okay. Like when you listen to the song, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you won't, you, sometimes you won't be blown away by the sound design. Um, you know, it won't it won't be like the most technical song, but like all the elements together, and just like what what I what I try to like. Oh, that's the word I'm looking for. What I try to make is just you know, I want, when a listener listens to my music, I just want them to feel happy. I mean, I'm 
Yeah, nothing's wrong with that. So, which which one of your tracks? Or two questions. Which one of your cra- tracks um, means the most of, most to you, and which one was the biggest pain in the ass to create? If it's, okay. if they're both the same, then I can, I can understand that. But they aren't. They aren't. Well, kind of, but um, the track that means most to me is the one that I just put out with Roses, okay. Wasted on You. Yeah. Um, and that track took like over 300 hours a little bit over 300 hours to make because i had i had started making that track back in may of last year and like i finally like got it to the point where i I felt like it was done and then my managers were like let's um let's try to release this on odez's label and i'm like yeah it's a great idea and then we were like okay let's get a top line for it too I'm like, all right. So then, uh, then I found out that Roses was from Philly, and um, and we linked up, and she came over, and we recorded it. And those those sessions actually like were pretty quick. They were two four hour sessions. So we recorded the vocals in like eight hours in my basement wow. with like a two hundred dollar mic. And after that, though, we, um, I had to make a lot of changes because, um, it sounded a little bit too much like flume. Okay. Apparently, but I didn't think so, but I'm happy with the changes and, um, you know, it turned out great. So I had no complaints. And the one that was like the most tedious to make was, uh, Ciroc. Okay. Because... I had me and Logan worked on that one together and we were using machine standalone software at the time, which is like not meant for big projects. Um, at least the size of our projects. And, and after the whole project was done, it took like so long. It took like, I don't even, I don't even know how many hours it just took like weeks to make. Um, and after that, the whole project crashed. And usually when that happens, like, we always save and stuff. Usually when that happens, we can just get our work back. But that didn't happen, and it was, like, a major crash that we had never seen before. Like, it, it was some error message that we'd never seen before. And we looked in the... Cr- there was no crash log, no project, nothing. That's there. devastating. Yeah, it was devastating. So we, we spent, like, a, you know another two well we had everything like in our heads and we knew like all the samples that we used and stuff like that but we had to pretty much just redo the entire project well as you as you grow your craft besides self who's the person that you're always trying to impress Um, that's a good question i don't know the reason i asked that because my mentality is is uh, like make music like no one's watching so interesting yeah i always and i got that from i actually listened to et the hip-hop preacher a lot are you hearing what i'm saying listen to me i discovered a long time ago it's exposure some of you are not where you want to be you don't have what you want to have you're not doing what you want to do because you've never been exposed to it before 
And that's how my life changed. When I started hanging around millionaires, when I started hanging around successful business owners. Very emotional, motivational speaker. And, uh, and one of the things that he tells you to do is like, you know, just do what you do, but, you know, pretend like no one's watching. Pretend like you're in an empty auditorium and doing your thing. Like it's just you. Okay. I don't know. That's how, that's that's my mentality. Did uh now First of all, how long did it take you to get get there? A while. You have to it, I mean, <clears throat> producing music like the caliber and rate that I do, you you spend a lot of time by yourself. Mm-hmm. And um I mean, that's the hardest part really getting into it because every time I would sit down, uh, you know, maybe like going back to sophomore year, I tried dabbling in it a little bit, but you know, every time I tried to sit down and and really do it, I'd just get like distracted or like I wouldn't care that much. And um, it's just because I, I, I wasn't really doing it for myself and my work wasn't like satisfying myself. So then, you know, like I, I, I finally just junior year, I sat down, just made myself do it and I started making songs that I love. So I, I kind of just do it for myself. State your name for the people. Louis Futon. Okay, so what is one song that you would like to close this interview out with? Celebrate by Anderson Pack. So let's celebrate while we still can. I know what they say. I can give a care. They talk so much on me. I must be doing something right. I saw my Sunday in the likeness of a full grown man. So I'll celebrate while I still can. Ooh, on a clear day, you can see West LA. Even downtown. I remember when I couldn't even see the point of stepping out the motherfucking house. Let it go, 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 let